Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got another fascinating show in store for you with my guest who's in studio with us. So uh, I'm glad you're tuned in today. I think we're going to have some fun today. But first, of course, we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Whomsoever may torment you, harass you, confound you, or upset you is a teacher. Not because they're wise, but because you seek to become so clever you the universe uh, we love our quotes from mike dooley in the universe and actually i really like this perspective and i really like this one because it kind of reminds us that things are in our lives not by accident not because life is happening to us but because we are creating life and that if there are people in our life that annoy us, that irritate us, that drive us crazy. They're not in our lives by accident. They're not here by happenstance. They're not here um, because we're victims. Just the opposite is true. They are in our lives because we sought out to learn, to, to, to have this experience because this is what we were looking for in this life. Ah, thank you, Nick, for the thumbs up on our Facebook live stream. Of course, I, I forgot to mention, uh, we are live on our Facebook live stream on the facebook.com slash talking alternative, or you can find it on my own uh, news feed on Sam Leibowitz. So yeah, so we are not victims. We are not, um, uh, we are, we are not, uh, the subject of somebody else's torment we are here to learn and to grow and these people who do torment us who do give us angst there is so much to learn from that from how it is triggering us to how we are responding tormentors are some of the best teachers in learning how we respond to given situations you know, Osho has this famous quote, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. And, you know, when we are on this path of personal and spiritual development, when we are um, working and doing the deep inner work that I know if you're listening to me, you're, you're on this path with us regardless of where you are on the path. Um, that sometimes, you know, we think we've, we've gone a certain distance. We've, we've, uh, learned a certain number of lessons. And then when we spend time with those people and especially our families are the ones who know how to push our buttons the most that when we spend time with people who push our buttons, that the, there is great learning as long as we bring the perspective that this is not something they're doing to us, this is something we're, this is a situation we're putting ourselves in so that we could learn. So, a wonderful quote from the universe, and uh, uh, we'll see what uh, the universe has in store for us next week. First, let's see what Abraham has for us today. Ooh, this looks like one of those, Abraham's classic quotes. That which is like unto itself is drawn. Everything that you perceive here in your physical environment is vibration, and the life you are living is your vibrational interpretation. The powerful law of attraction is at the root of everything that you experience, and the stable, never-changing, always accurate premise of this law is that which is like unto itself is drawn. When you give thought to something, you begin the attraction process of the essence of that subject into your own life experience. Once you have activated a thought vibration within yourself by giving your attention to the subject, the progression of expansion occurs. Abraham. So, getting back to basics with the law of attraction. And this is something 
that, again, I think is very much in tune with the first quote from the universe. It's about what we're putting out. It's about what we're attracting. Now, we're not always consciously aware of the energy that's at the root cause of all of this. But in essence, you know, what is going on is we are attracting everything into our lives. And if you don't believe this is so, take a look at different people you know. People who are maybe not that different from you, but maybe they have a different energy about them. Maybe they, um, you know, have different beliefs, different, uh, uh, you know, different focuses than you do and see what they're attracting in their lives. And the difference may not be that big from yourself, but because your energy is different, what you're attracting is different than what that other person. Why are they attracting what they're attracting? Why are those things showing up in their life? And why are the things that are showing up in your life showing up in your life? The difference is in the energy that is emanates from our essence and where we place our focus. And where we place our attention is so key. And if you're focusing on positive, upbeat, you know, uplifting things in your life, you're going to notice more of those things start to come. But if you're focusing on everything that's wrong in your life, if you're focusing on everything that's wrong with the world, if you're focusing on things that you have to complain about in your life, you're going to get more things to complain about, more things that are wrong, more problems in life. Look at the people you know and notice their language. Those people who speak in more positive terms, do they or do they not have more positive things in their life? And those people who speak in more negative terms, do they or do they not have more negative things in their life? Abracadabra. As we speak, so it is. So something to keep in mind. We do create our lives. We create it with our energy, with our focus, with our language, and with the actions of how we show up in life, how we respond to life. We are not victims because we always have a choice. We may not have a choice of what happens to us, but we always have a 100% choice of how we respond to what shows up. And what the law of attraction says, that which is like unto itself is drawn, or as Abraham likes to say sometimes, birds of a feather flock together. Right? The more adventuresome we are, the more adventures we have. The more loving we are, the more love there is in our life. The more... Uh, quiet we are, the more we have a quiet life. The more, the friendlier we are, the more friends we have. Right? The more we spiritual we are, the more spiritual experiences we have in our life. That which is like unto itself is drawn. So, think about this. What are you drawn to? And what is drawn to you? That is a very big key to what is happening inside of us. So, two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. And of course, very apropos for our guest today, um, because they're always perfect. It never ceases to amaze me. Excuse me while I flip around our camera on a Facebook live stream. Oh, nice clear shot of my wonderful guest in studio with us today, Natalie Zaman. Say hi, Natalie. Hey. Hey. Natalie is the author of Magical Destinations of the Northeast Sacred Sites, Occult Oddities and Magical Monuments. She's also co-author of The Graven Images Oracle and a regular contributor to Llewellyn's Magical Almanac. Her work has appeared in Fate, Sage Woman, New Witch Magazines, and she regularly writes the Wandering Witch column for witches and pagans. Magical Destinations of the Northeast is a guide to locations rich with energy for meditation, transformation, spiritual work, historical insight, or just plain fun. And it is my great pleasure to welcome Natalie to the show today. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm going to stick the book right in front of the stream so you guys can see what it looks like. 
a wonderful book, a true like resource. Um, and so uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But Natalie, I always like to let our and a quick welcome to Chris on our Facebook live stream. Thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, Natalie, of, of how you kind of got into this magical stuff. I mean, you uh, I've, I've looked through your website and stuff. You're very much into uh, witches, the occult, kind of pagan stuff. How young were you when you first got attracted to this stuff? Okay, I would say that it would probably be when I was in about fifth grade. Fifth, fifth grade, grade. Yes. wow. I went to a Catholic school. Uh-huh. I was raised Catholic, went to a Catholic school. You and have I had, my sympathies. Oh, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't so bad. Many of my friends say they're recovering Catholics. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, it, it has like everything else. It has its good points and its bad points. It has right. its, you know, it has its beauty and its yep. dark spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the beauteous spots was my fifth grade teacher who was Sister Natalie. Uh-huh. A lot of Natalies in my life. My agent's Natalie. There's Sister Natalie. There's oh. this Natalie. Um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, she did um, as I guess, like part of our daily routine at school um, was she would read aloud to us. Now, this was fifth grade. It was eons ago. Uh, yeah. um, but she read, um, there were three books that we did, I guess, throughout the course of the entire year. Because mm-hmm. it was like the last, like, whatever, half hour of school day. It was the way to get everybody to settle down. And we were pretty much wrapped listening to her. Right. And um, anyway, she read us three books. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Ah, I love yes. that book. Phantom Tollbooth. Uh-huh, I don't know that one. Okay. And... Oh, you gotta, oh, you gotta read the Phantom Tollbooth. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and our uh, intern uh, Patrick is agreeing with you yes. in the background, making all kinds yes. of hands. I have a feeling that once you see it, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I know this book. Oh, yeah, okay. You're, it's gonna be like that. Um, and then there was another one called, and you're gonna forgive me for a butchering the author's name and mm. b getting the title wrong. It's E. L. Conisberg, and mm. uh, it's Jennifer Hecate Macbeth, William McKinley, and Me Elizabeth. Okay. And it was a contemporary book probably about 10 years before mm-hmm. she actually read it to us. Mm-hmm. And it was about an ordinary girl uh, who encounters a witch. Oh. And the, But they're both the same age. They're both about fifth grade, 10 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And unlike C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. or even Norton Juster, this was a real person. And even though if you oh. read it now, it's, it's kind of dated. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, is, it is a bit dated. Um, it's still very, um, it, it's still very present. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the whole, the, the girl is very real. Mm. Um, and three dimensional. Yes, exactly. And certainly very real to me, ah. um, back then and, and, and did the things that I did. Right. Okay. You know, like going to the library and looking up which books, which, <laughs> you know, back in 78, 9, 80, there mm. weren't very many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like the internet today where there are a million websites on witches, right? (laughs) Okay, great. Wonderful. So uh, when we come back, um, actually, I want you to educate us a little bit about witches and pagans, a little bit of the background, and then we'll get into some of your favorite spots and how you came to like write the book so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity my guest this hour is natalie zaman author of magical destinations of the northeast and we will be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And and welcome welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Natalie Zam in this hour, uh, author of Magical Destinations of the Northeast. So, Natalie, you were telling us how when you were in fifth grade, you, you know, you read this book and you started to get into this idea of witches. What was it in, in this character? I mean, you said like she was a lot like you, this character in the book. But was it just something that like instantly resonated with you? Was there something she went through? I mean, what was it that really if you can recall like really spoke to you so much that really drew you in well the first thing would probably be that she um lived in an apartment house Ah. and it seems like such a simple thing but in the book a lot of the kids in the school Uh lived in neighborhoods and in houses and she Uh lived in an apartment house and i was one of the very few people Uh who lived in an apartment when I was going to school and again it was a small Catholic school so it wasn't like there was this this very large selection of people to you know to go by um but just that very small thing very mundane detail Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. was the first connector Mm -hmm. then there were other things like going to the library and kind of being on the fringes Uh, and on the outside like going to a birthday party say and kind of being on the edge and observing rather than being not being part of the in crowd correct gotcha correct you know and she made her own way and Mm. she was fine and she was successful and she was powerful um and i'm saying this now 40 years later you know um but i kind of got it then too yeah so that kind of made it an an admirable thing you know witches were powerful yeah and so as you started to i guess research this more read more books and stuff did did your parents notice that like you were really getting into this kind of not so acceptable stuff by Roman Catholic standards? Well, I mean, you got to remember, too, there wasn't a lot, there just wasn't a lot of material out there. Um, When I was in high school, that's when I really, like, that's when I got my first deck of tarot cards and I started Ah. reading and everything else. And my mother would raise an eyebrow Mm -hmm. um, and she still does. She still, (laughs) it's so funny, you know, bless her. She's, my my mother just is going to turn, I think, is 80. 89 this Ah. year or 88 or 89 something like that we'll we'll take off a year for 88 and um she still doesn't get it but in a way she does because when we did the book launch for magical destination she came Mm -hmm. and people came up to me afterwards and like oh she's so proud of you and that Uh, i mean that meant the world to me so it really topic didn't matter at that point right you know what i mean so she she kind of gets it, but, you know, she still prays for me. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you do have to admit that uh, one thing that I've learned over the years is that actually Roman Catholics are probably the m- most mystic of the major religions. Although Judaism has its own, you know, with the Kabbalah, its own mysticism. But I find more Catholics are kind of open to... Uh, kind of these fringy kinds of things because there's a lot of pagan rituals um, that got subsumed into the religion over the years when they, you know, came along and, um, you know, in in England, right? Uh, Bastion of the Druids, a lot of Druidic things like the whole Christmas celebration, the Festival of Lights was a Druid celebration. And uh, I've seen in South America where the the South American culture like took to Roman Catholicism because their quote unquote spirits and gods we were they align them with all the different saints. So it is one that that oh, lends itself towards those kinds of inquiries. Yep, I've heard it called the most pagan of the Christianities. Yeah, Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. So when when though did your interest become something that? really sort of took over your life or not took over but really became a a major driving force for you okay i would say i would call myself a dabbler until about um i guess i was i was married and i had my first son and i had gone back Mm -hmm. to school um i was thinking of what to do for an advanced degree and i was considering art history okay um I was teaching at the time too so I was like what would be a nice compliment to the English degree well I guess I could do more English but let's do art history instead okay so I was taking classes at Rutgers and one of the classes that I took was a was a course on Byzantine art um it was really fascinating stuff Mm -hmm. and um I remember sitting in the classroom and them pulling the 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 professor pulling up a a slide of a tomb that was a christian tomb Mm -hmm. um 
but it was Apollo as Jesus. It was not uh, the historical Jesus. Now you've got to remember that for me, Jesus was the kindly faced man with the beard. Yeah. He was, you know, ageless, gentle, yeah. n- not blonde Apollo. Right, right. And I remember there there are moments in life. They're like I, I they call it, they're called the rug rippers. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah, you just the, the, just pulled out from under you, and you're like, right. what the hell just happened? Right. Um, and anyway, that was one of them for me. And I remember looking at that slide mm-hmm. and thinking, oh my gosh, ever, everything I've been taught since I was a child was mm-hmm. a lie, <laughs> you know. Um, and I mean, that was that was a very extreme response mm-hmm. to it. And mm-hmm. since then, I think I've I've my whole philosophy on that is matured mm-hmm. um, because there's still a lot that Catholicism has to offer me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of my heritage. It's part of my ancestry. And by mm-hmm. honoring and knowing now where some of these things came from, I right. think I'm honoring that on a deeper level. Right. right. You know, but yeah, that was a, that was a. And, and, and how long have you been like blogging and writing about these topics? I mean, they've obviously been a part of your life for so many years, but when did you actually start, you know, writing and, and educating others about it? I would say publicly since maybe 2005. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so I mean, like, that's when I that's when I started putting well, yeah, things out there, right. you know, right. um, you know, and it's and it's bit by bit. It's it's yeah. kind of a courageous act in a way. I yes. pat myself on the back for that one. You because, should. Absolutely. Because you know, you're you can be a role model for other people who maybe have the same beliefs or same or similar, uh, you know, ideas, but are afraid to kind of step out because it is still relatively speaking even though it's more acceptable in the mainstream than it used to be it's still relatively on the fringe you know and uh, just to tie back into the quote this morning it's like you have to take the risk yeah you know if you want to live if you want to keep if you want to grow if you want to keep you know evolving and whatnot mm-hmm. um you got to take the risk right so yeah yeah absolutely cool okay so let's let's come to your book how did you come to write a magical destinations um, I guess it started when I started doing Wandering Witch for Ann Niven for BBI Media. That's okay. back when it was um, New Witch Magazine. Now okay. it's Witches. Now it's Witches and Pagans. Okay. Um, and I had this idea where I was like, "Oh, let let's write about." Um, and and kind of step back from that. I had made a trip to Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with a, a friend of mine who who lives over in England, mm-hmm. um, and we went to Glastonbury, and I I had such a profound experience over there. Um, and we also went into the town and the town had all sorts of wonderful little shops and things like that. And I was like, oh, you know, I really like to write about this experience. Um, so I wrote a little proposal to her, mm-hmm. to Anne. And I was like, hey, how about like a, a kind of a, a magical travel column? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be a cool thing? Let's tell people about magical communities and, and, and whatnot and where to find them. And to my surprise, she said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I did the Glastonbury piece and she liked it. And to my surprise, she wanted another one. Ah. Um, so, you know, and then it did, just kind of. Did you make it over to Fintorn when you were there? No. Oh, okay. Next time. Next time. <laughs> um, and, you know, Glastonbury, uh, there's someone who wrote a book all about the earth chakras that like the, the power points on earth is the earth chakras. And Glastonbury is one of the earth chakras. I remember saying, I think it's the heart chakra of the planet. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It's a really, really interesting place. I mean, I remember climbing to the top of the tour um, and it was it was like kind of like a slippery day. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's always a slippery day out there. Yeah. Um, but my friend who like just couldn't make the climb up. So it was myself and my son and there was nobody yeah. else there. Uh-huh. I've gotten really lucky that way in uh-huh. going to places where there's nobody, uh-huh. which is kind of a cool thing. That's uh-huh. like travel tip number one. If you can ever get to someplace and be alone, right. do it. Uh, um, okay. So we go up to the top of the tour and I'm standing there and just this flock of birds flies overhead. It was mm. just like one of those, yes, you were meant to be here, mm. you know, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. And it was just the quiet and the, you know, um, for some people, you know, I guess like they, people have visions and whatnot. For me, it was just the feeling right. and it was enough, you know, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And you can find all kinds of things. I mean, I know there's the whole science to ley lines that are around the planet and how they discovered them, right? That, that I think it was some, I forget the name of the gentleman who was looking at a map of like all the sacred sites in England. And then he noticed, even though they were like hundreds of miles apart, they were like in a straight line from each other. And then he discovered like there is actual, like these energetic lines that run through the earth that are now called ley lines. 
And I remember walking through a friend's property once and I was just like walking along this trail to a little river that's in the back and I got to this one spot and I felt like I just walked through a wall of energy and I stepped back and I could really feel it and then I looked to my right and I see like in the distance sort of a three or four trees in a straight line and I looked to my left and there are another three or four trees in a straight line and I realized oh wow this is a ley line right here you know in just the back of somebody's farm great book for that is uh, the lay hunter's companion oh, um okay. it's uh i can't remember the name of the uh of the author but if you mm-hmm. just google it yeah really good on like companion. you know how to find them what to do uh, that kind of stuff okay. good manual cool cool okay so you started uh, sort of writing this as a column um, how did the idea come about to actually turn a bunch of these columns into a book? We uh, well, the, the the book isn't really like a compilation of the columns. It actually kind of goes beyond uh-huh, what I've done okay. so far for uh-huh. the for the magazine. Um, my family and I made a, a trip out west um, back in 2013. Mm-hmm. We drove from Jersey out to California and then back. Oh wow! Yeah, cool awesome road trip. Awesome road trip. Everybody, sh- anybody should do it if they get the chance. If they get the opportunity. Right. And. Um, among the places that we stopped, because, you know, th- there were there's only so much time. Yes. Um, we stopped at Mount Rushmore, but my husband wanted to stop at Devil's Tower. He was uh. like, oh, we, we must stop at Devil's Tower. And I was like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll go there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a particular place that I wanted to see, but I was right. like, if it makes you happy, that's right. wonderful. <laughs> so, of course, right? So we go to Mount Rushmore first. Uh-huh. And it's very, if you've ever been there, it's uh-huh. very built up. Right. Um, Devil's Tower is completely different. Uh, it's you know and and when we went there it was june um beautiful day uh-huh. middle of the day uh-huh. and again lucky or not we were the only ones there uh, and that meant a very profound experience for us but when we left i was like why isn't there anyone here mm-hmm. and that kind of triggered something for me because there are some places where when people don't go the place goes away yes yes um and I was like, this place cannot go away. I mean, obviously, uh, it's not going to go away, but, you know, right, you, don't, right, right, you don't want it being taken over. Disrepair exactly. And, yeah. You know, so I guess that was the inspiration. It was like, I want to tell people uh, okay. about these places. And then, you know, also that as a country of sacred sites, full yeah. of sacred sites, oh. we're really underappreciated. Totally. Um, you know, so that kind of came together with it as well. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So, so then how long once you decided to do it, how long did it take you to write this book? Um, from proposal to the end, probably about two, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. With all the and, and was it a lot more research than you thought it would be? Or did you kind of go into it knowing that like this was going to be a lot of work? It started out as something completely different than what we, ah, that we ended up with. What we ended up with, but it turned mm-hmm. out to be a lot more research. Ah, okay. Which is okay. good. I learned a yeah. lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, so we're going to take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, let, let's uh, find out what's in this book. And uh, we'll, you know, let's tease our audience and give them some good reasons why they should go out and buy it, okay? All right, so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. 
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, so, Natalie, uh, magical destinations of the Northeast. What, why did you fo- decide to focus on the Northeast? Um, that was Lou Allen ah, uh, that decided okay. that one. Um, originally, the book was going to be one book, all 50 states with only two sites per state. Oh, OK. You know, plus some of the, you know, the, the emblems and also the stop by for a spell. Mm-hmm. That was that was the proposal. Right. Um, and when they came back, they were like, oh, this sounds really cool, but let's do more. Let's expand it. Ah. and whatnot." So they pretty much broke the country into four bits. Okay. And Northeast was the first, okay, um, which was a gift because yeah. a it's my home turf. Yeah, b it's relatively easy to get everywhere Around, within yeah. a d- uh, just about everywhere is almost almost everywhere is within a day's drive. Wow. Um, so I was actually able to visit quite a bit of the you know quite a few of the places that are in the book. Were you able to get to all the places you wrote about? About eighty five percent. Eighty five percent. Well, it's yeah. still quite a lot. Yeah. Wow. And um, so then there'll be a southeast and north, uh, southwest and a northwest eventually. Um, hopefully, if the book does hopefully. well. Ah, okay. uh, when, so when that always, yes, that always has to preface everything. Yes, ab- absolutely. When did the book come out? October. Oh, okay. Yeah, it so came it's out only October. Come out a few months. Uh, how's, how's been the reaction so far? It seems it, we've gotten a real positive response so far. Okay. Great. Um, you know, I haven't really been like checking on like sales because that's not fun. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, you know, it's it's so far people seem to really like it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people have found it to be a very useful guide, which is mm-hmm. you know one of the things I was really aiming for. Right. Um, you know, so if this done, one does well, then the next would be west, followed by south, south yeah. and then the Midwest. Ah, I see. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, so, so it's broken up. Uh, this book is broken up, kind of by state. Um, and and what's kind of uh, I noticed this kind of like a, a set structure for each chapter. So, so what's kind of the structure? How does it work? Yeah. So, it, I mean, the way we we this ended up being developed again. It was just right. like trial and error until we found like the I guess the formula right, for it right. and whatnot. So the first bit is like a little bit of an introduction to what the state is. Just mm-hmm. you know, a, a like kind of a teaser. And the whole book, in a way, is kind of a teaser mm-hmm. because any one of these places that's in here. There are books written on them. Right. right. Um, there's no way. I mean, it's too vast of a topic right, to, to right. you know, to include. I mean, there's there's books written on um, the Washington Monument, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and articles and articles. Nira has produced so many articles on, like, the stone structures found throughout New England. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's what I have is, is really just a tidbit and a taste. Mm-hmm. So then what happens after the, and I'm referring to the book because like I told you, I can't yes. remember everything. That's okay. <laughs> so you get a little introduction to the state. Then I go into the esoteric properties of the state emblems, mm-hmm. three of them anyway. Um, oh. The, the tree, the flower plant, and then the, um, the, uh, the stone. Oh, um, okay. And each of these has its own particular magical properties. Some okay. place, some of the, some of the, um, emblems have sites that are associated with them too so you can actually go see and experience them and whatnot um, and then there's a bit of uh, there's a bewitching tidbits which is kind of like folklore who slept here like little oh, okay. interesting facts again sometimes with places that people can actually go and see right, right, right. Um, and then magical monuments is cemeteries but also other kinds of monuments not just right, cemeteries but right. cemeteries kind of play a big part and, mm. and more people I meet the more I be, uh, find people are fascinated with cemeteries. Yeah. They're wonderful places to visit. I actually was just at uh, my dad's cemetery this past weekend. I, my sister was in town from Israel, and uh, it had been a long, long time since we'd gone out there. So I talked to her about it. We decided to go out on my birthday and thought <laughs> it would be a nice way to pay our respects. Yeah, it's just cemeteries are wonderful places. They're park, they're museum, they're history yeah. book, they're, you know, genealogical record. There's, you know, there's just, they have so much to offer. Right. You know, right. Um, so that was an important thing to include. Um, then there's the sacred sites. And in a way, having these other sections was a kind of sneaky way to get more sites in because some uh, of them are associated with, with, with different sites. Okay, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and then the chapter rounds out with a stop by for a spell. And I thought that was really, Mm. yeah, that was an important thing to include. I thought, because as much as I could, you know, I could talk about a place Mm -hmm. having visited or not visited or whatever, even if I love it, it's not the same as someone who's lived in that area or in that state. And I thought it was really important to have an authentic voice. So I got a lot, I got a lot of gifts with this book because there were so many people that, you know, 
willingly, freely shared their time and their talents mm. and, you know, contributed all of this, you know, all these rituals and whatnot. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So was it difficult to like find people who would share that stuff with you or was it relatively easy? It, this time it was, it was relatively easy. I mean, mm. there were some places where I actually, I, I knew people already. Right. So that kind of, that was good. Right. Um, but then there were places like in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. I just reached out to the folks at Horn and Cauldron and I was like, uh. hi, you know, my name is Natalie here's what I've done and this is what I'm doing. And would, you know, you guys are Rhode Island. Can you do this ritual for me? Um, and they really, they happily contributed this wonderful wonderful. ritual for Rhode Island. Um, yeah. So sometimes, and, and people are very generous. So, so of all the different States listed here now, now, how many sites did you do per state? Is it a set number per state or would it vary? It varies. Um, like there's not going to be as, in, as many sites in Delaware, say, as Pennsylvania. Right, right. Um, Pennsylvania was a was a bear in a good way because uh, there were so many that they're just there were things that had to be left out. Oh, OK. So which state. of the states in this book, which one would you say had the most amount of sites, whether you included them or not in the book? Like, which would you say is the most magical state of the Northeast? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I, I, I don't know if I could answer which is the most magical because then the other 12 or the other yeah. 11 would be very upset. <laughs> Sad, right. um, but in terms of sheer volume, I would say it would be a toss up between New York and Pennsylvania. New York and Pennsylvania. Followed okay. closely by Massachusetts in terms uh, of volume. Okay. But I think it's that really has more to do with like, you know, historical, um, right. you know, and, and, and happenings and, and population and people living there and that kind of thing. Right, That's right, why right. you've got, you know, so much. Um, but, you yeah, know, there's there's no there was no set amount. Which, which state? would you say had the most uh, the largest active witch slash pagan community in it do you have a sense of that would Hmm. it be the same like pennsylvania or new york or would it be different i would i would guess that it would be between those three yeah pennsylvania new york massachusetts yeah just again for the same reason because of the history correct you know and then you have um and it's so funny because with, with pennsylvania i mean even massachusetts too there's rural areas, but like there's, you know, dense city areas, especially in New York. Mm-hmm. Like I've met witches from New York City. It's completely different practice than out in Western New York, mm-hmm. you know, out by yeah. um, like, say, Niagara Falls or Falls, Lilydale right. or that kind of thing. There's a different vibe and a different yeah. feeling as did, well. Did you make it to Lilydale? Yes, I did. Oh, what was that like? That was fantastic. Now, I went in the off season. Okay. I did not go in the summer. I'm I'm not a big crowd person. Right. Fun, funnily enough, I can walk around Manhattan and be fine. But like, <laughs> put me in a place like a concert or whatever, and I'm rocking back and forth in a corner like uh. it's going to be over. But um, <laughs> we went. Oh, it was, it was great. We went in the winter. It was like, I think it was in february and there was oh. snow all over the ground um it didn't matter though yeah. there's something special about, about lily dale um and that whole burnt over district and you can called, f- yeah. you can feel it in the streets it's mm. it's just you turn a corner and you you like you're driving down country roads and whatnot mm. and there were just snowmobiles everywhere and whatnot mm. and then there's the gate mm. and then you turn in and it's like time stopped mm. because the roads are very narrow um, uh, none of them are really, well, we were driving over snow, but from what I understand, none of them are really, you know, paved, paved all gravel uh, and everything. But there was a certain kind of serenity with mm. like snow covering the, um, like there's an outdoor like theater, um, or it's a temple, uh, um, okay, yeah. you know, but it looks like a theater, it's a stage and everything. Um, and just icicles everywhere. Then you go into the woods, um, and it's just it was silent and you could just you could feel just it, it was just wonderful. I remember walking through the woods and thinking, OK, you know, because I, I usually don't get a lot of like feelings and signs. I'm one of those side dead people. <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't happen for me. But I'm sitting there in the, in, in the woods and I'm like, OK, just give me give me a little sign. Give me something. Right. Yeah. No wind, nothing. And the snow just falls off the trees right in front of my face. It was great. It was perfect. No animals, no squirrels. There was no, you know, there was, there was no explanation for it other than they were like, yes, Natalie, you were meant to be here. Ah, so it was nice, wonderful. Nice. How large is, is Lilydale? It's teeny. It's small, right? It's very small. You oh, could walk okay. it end to end. No problem. Right. Okay, cool. Cool. What did you learn in, in, in writing about all these places and going to so many of them? 
that you think would help if, if somebody picks up your book and says, okay, I want to go to a few of these sites, like what would you recommend? Like how would, how should you prepare or like what should you do to get the most out of the experience? I think, do you want to go in with no expectations? Ah, I would okay. say that go as a, as you know, tabula rasa, go as a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I found that sometimes preparing, you prepare yourself mm-hmm. out of it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, Go like, you know, you're going to a special place, Mm -hmm. but be like, okay, what's going to happen? Whatever, whatever happens here, whatever Mm -hmm. I feel, whatever, whatever comes of it, Mm -hmm. um, I'm open to it. Mm -hmm. But yes, I've, I've learned that that's, and and not just, that's been kind of a a, a lesson um, over the past several years has been like, just roll with it. Uh, Are there any places you went that you wish you had spent more time at? Yes, um, definitely Earth Clock up in Vermont. Earth Clock, what's that? Uh, yeah, it's um, all right. So there's this organization called Circles for Peace. Okay. Um, they're located up up in uh, up in Vermont, um, but their goal is to put one of these parks, these peace parks, in every state, oh. which would be a marvelous goal for them to to achieve. Oh, wonderful! I love that. Yes, and the and the peace parks are these stone circles. Um, you know, and, and there, there are places like Stonehenge. There are places like America's Stonehenge where there's mm-hmm. stones that are aligned with the, you know, and they're, and they're ancient stones. And there are places, um, you know, throughout the United States that are, um, you know, that, that have these. And they're ancient stones. But these are new. Oh. These are new. You can touch them. There are kids hanging all over them. They, you don't mm-hmm. feel bad about, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, sticking your backpack on one of them <laughs> or that kind of thing. Um, and the stones aren't too upset with it either you know um but they're aligned with different uh different parts of and different sacred sites throughout the state um and also into new york and uh, Mm because it's right across the river yeah lake i'm sorry um and uh it's just it's a special place it's a it's also a clock there's a crystal in the center it's it's oh yeah yes it's an amazing place cool uh what was your biggest surprise in in going to all these places and researching for this book just sometimes you'd get like that you'd you'd go to a place just like when I went to Mount Rushmore uh-huh. and I was underwhelmed by it. That's okay. what I mean, like no expectations. Right. But when I went to Devil's Tower, I was just blown away. Right. You know, um, so it, that was the thing is like I found that whenever I went and I wasn't thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I didn't put too much effort into it and I didn't try to manipulate the mm-hmm. to manipulate the experience. That's when I had the most profound experience. Mm. Gotcha, yep. gotcha, gotcha. Um, would would you make a recommendation if if uh, let's say someone picks up the book and goes, okay, I'm, I'm I I can't do a lot. Like like, what's the one place I should definitely go to if I can't make too many places? What state? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> in the book, Northeast. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say, well, let's say New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Oh dear. Um, okay, so because it's 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 packed full of so many things, I would right. say pick an area where you can go to a couple of things, or just okay. you know what? I also like the whole bibliomancy thing. Flip the book open uh, wherever it goes. That's where you're meant to go. Okay, okay. What what was the most dense area? You said like some of those places are very dense. What was the place? What was an area where there was like a lot, a lot, a lot of sacred sites all together? I would say New York City. New York City. Oh, New York City is full of places. Oh, okay, cool. We'll talk more about that. Okay, great. We're going to going out to our last commercial break of the hour. Believe it or not, we're almost done. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest is Natalie Zaman of Magical Destinations of the North Sea. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com 
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Okay, so we left off last segment. I have to ask you, since say New York City is the most dense place, what's like the most magical place to visit in New York City? Okay, so one of the things that I, I kind of made you up myself uh-huh. um, for the book um, was the tarot tour for ah, New York. Okay. And the thing is, and, and what I'm hoping that people get out of the book is that a lot of places, I mean, there there are some magical places, and I say that with the little air quotes around them because, yeah. okay, everybody knows that they're sacred sites, blah, blah, right. right? But then there are places where you wouldn't, you just pass them by every day. Remember, like I was saying with the right. with that book, it's the mundane things that kind of get you, right. you know? Right. Um, so how often do you pass by, there's statues everywhere. Yeah. And one of the things I tried to pull together was pulling the tarot imagery out of the statues that are all over the city. And I don't think I did all of the major arcana, Uh but I did quite a few. Um, So I think there's at least, at least a dozen um, that I pulled out for the book and they're all over the city. Um, So, I mean, if you think about it and you go to each of these statues, you could do a little ritual by them. They're symbols. I mean, magic is the, you know, symbols are the language of magic. Right, right, right. And it's everywhere. Did, Did you find one for the magician? Yes. Okay. So, the magician? all right. So one of the things I, and this was, this was kind of a toss up. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, Statue of Liberty makes a good magi- magician, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. that's. Amazing. But she also makes a fine hermit. Oh. She also makes a fine hermit yeah, as well. Yeah, the lantern. Yes. yes. But there is a clock on, oh, I think it's Park Avenue. Okay. Okay. And it's literally Merlin. Oh. And on the, I think it's it's on the hour and half hour, uh-huh. he blesses Excalibur, the Lady of the Lake. This is on top of this clock that's on, on Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. He blesses Excalibur. Lady of the Lake comes up and with the sword out of the water. Oh wow! It's, it's just crazy. And I think that's what I picked for the for the magician. magician. Wow! Magician. Oh, that's beautiful. I have to. I definitely have to find that. It's in there. The address is in the book. Oh, it is. Okay, good. I'm going to look mm-hmm. that one up. Yeah. Um, just overall in writing this book, what really surprised you the most in terms of doing your research, visiting sites, the whole process? What, what, what like surprised you the most and what did you learn the most from? There's a lot of interconnection. Um, you know, I found myself like one of the things that we had started out with that, that didn't make it into the book mm-hmm. was there was a lot of whatever the text was, blah, 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 blah. See page XXX, you know, or see whatever, see page 31, see page page 71. There is a lot of interconnection. And I'm finding Uh, no matter what project I've been working on, mm -hmm. there's a lot of interconnection. Um, You know, and pulling those threads together, Mm. you know, is, you know, I think part of the puzzle, which, you know, kind of makes it intriguing and whatnot. You know, yeah. like the whole pagan Catholic thing. Yes. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of interconnections. Yes. And I'm sure if you started layering different, you know, different faiths, different philosophies and whatnot, you'd find a whole right. lot of interconnection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, from the time like you and I were kids to now, things have changed quite a yeah. bit. Um, do you think like now is the right time to do this? Like, why wasn't a book like this written, tw- let's say, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Funny thing is, like, there there was a Sacred Sites book. Oh, there was? There was. Um, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't this one. There right. was, it was a compilation of, and it was, then Llewellyn had put it out, and it was Sacred Sites of the United States. Okay. Um, and there were, the, 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 the person who wrote it did do a, um, and I think it's actually my bibliography, Okay. They did um, the whole country, right. but there were some states missing because I guess they either they couldn't find or they couldn't, you know, they, didn't, they, didn't, have didn't, they didn't have enough research. time or the research wasn't done yet. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, that at the more we learn, right. you know, the more things are going to come up, yeah. you know. And uh, for me, it's it's also more about, like I said, the sacred in every day, the sacred yeah. and in everything you see. Right. So, I mean... I mean, after I leave here today, I mean, you know, I'll be walking back to my car. What am I going to pass by? Yeah. What am I going to see? What am I going to encounter? Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's so important, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, real quick, did you find any sacred site in Central Park? I'm sure there's a couple, right? Oh, there's tons of places tons. in Central Park. There's, um, okay, so I have a wonderful friend who does... Um, who does a, a tour I, I think she still does tours of Central Park and had taken oh, yeah? had taken me around um Bethsaida Fountain 
is a um, is yeah. one yeah it's a wonderful sacred spot and there's also like right in the bridge there there are actual like Halloween witches with hats carved into the bridge. Oh really? Yes. Oh I didn't you know that. Know. Strawberry Fields, that. wonderful magical place that yes. changes every day, all yes. you know several times a day. Yeah. You know anything that morphs like that would yeah. be, you know oh. all the different statuaries. Cool. One of cool. there's a um. There's one bench I forget where it's located, but it's it's in the tarot tour. That's also a sundial. So, oh, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know that one. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you have you written you've written other books, yes, or co-authored other books? Yes. Yep. Um, what? How was now? This you didn't co-author. How was that process different from like having to work with an author? Did you like um, working with a co-author, or did you like doing it more on your own? Um. I liked both processes. They're they're both very different, oh, okay. you know. Um, this one was scarier because I was responsible for everything, mm. you know. And if if things went wrong or if I couldn't figure something out, there wasn't mm. someone to bounce it off of. Although I do have a network of people that I could be like, hey, you know, what do right. you think of this or whatever. But at the end of the day, it was all at my door, right, right. Um, you know. Whereas with a co-author, that's that's very different. Yeah. Um, you know, and co-authoring was a great lesson, too, because it's like you really learn to work with people, right. um, you know, and you learn their idiosyncrasies and whatnot and get, you know, and getting over stuff and right. buy ego and all that <laughs> other kind of thing. <laughs> and, and when you went to a bunch of these sites, you, you took your family with you or did you go them alone? Sometimes I went by myself. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, my, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite alone story is mm-hmm. when I went down to a, there was a there was a point where they were like, oh, OK you know, we'd like some pictures to go uh, in the book too. And it was like, okay, so I managed to get some people to give me photos and mm-hmm. then I had to go and take some myself. Mm-hmm. So there was a day where I was just like, okay, it was like, um, a cannonball run. Where <laughs> I, went, I went to Delaware, to Maryland, to DC and then back. Oh, and one wow. day I left at seven in the morning. I came back at about 9 PM at night. Wow. It was awesome. It's fueled oh, wow. by coffee. It was great. It was great. Um, but, but one of the stops that I made was in this little cemetery mm-hmm. in um, in Maryland. It's right outside D.C., maybe 20 minutes without mm-hmm. traffic. And uh, the cemetery had been beautified in the 30s by a man named Denicio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He made these concrete sculptures mm. everything is it's like a faux wood but made of concrete and you had a secret formula for the color and everything uh, okay so one of the things he had was this annie laurie wishing chair which mm. is a model of a chair that's in the church in scotland uh, um about it's it's one of those like tragic love stories you know okay. boy, boy meets girl boy goes off to war girl uh, dies boy comes back boy's heartbroken you know that kind of yeah, thing yeah. um so essentially this chair looks like a love seat with two but two seats together uh-huh. you sit in the chair with your true love read the poem on the plaque in front of you uh-huh. and your love is blessed by the fairy you're supposed to hold hands while you're doing it uh-huh. but i was alone see uh-huh. so i sat in the chair and held my own hand said uh-huh. the poem, uh-huh. and there you go so, right. <laughs> no, you live in New Jersey. Real quick, is what's the, was the closest site to where you live that you put in the book? Um, I would guess that it would be the uh, the Buddha, the the big Buddha down in Kingston, Kingston, oh. Princeton. It's it's the biggest one in that pose in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, he's made of concrete. It's uh-huh. wonderful. You go. It's it actually looks like it's in someone's backyard. Uh-huh. Talk about a magical experience. You're driving down Route 27, especially at night during the spring mm-hmm. and summer, um, because there's a big curtain of lights behind him and you don't expect it again it's one of those things you don't expect you're driving down you're driving down route 27 and then all of a sudden it's like whoa there's buddha (laughs) cool cool so if people want to learn more about you you know uh, follow your blog whatever where do they find you online um i have a website slash blog um Mm -hmm. nataliezaman.com or uh same with or just dot blogspot.com um or google me and that'll be the first thing that comes up or okay. something Wonderful. um but all yeah all my my the books appearances all that good kind of stuff and, on there. and where can people find your books um everywhere that they're sold i mean you can get oh, it at okay, amazon yeah. llewellyn you know mm-hmm. um so barnes and noble, barnes all, and noble all the great wonderful wonderful um so one last time this is the book magical destinations of the northeast a wonderful book definitely check it out thank you so much for taking the time to come in thank you for having me this is great yeah uh you're quite welcome it's been a pleasure having you here and everybody uh just a quick note before we sign off i just want to remind my loyal listeners that um 
tonight, Thursday, February 23rd, is our monthly meeting of the Conscious Business Collective down on 26th and Broadway. Um, please go to <clears throat> our meetup site for all the details, meetup.com slash conscious dash B-I-Z biz dash collective. Um, and RSVP, bring a friend. The meetings lately have been wonderful, great group of people, and we'll have uh, more. And, of course, stay tuned uh, tomorrow uh, for more new shows um, with 21st Century Entrepreneur and Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Uh, Joseph Bondi is away this week, so we're re-airing his interview with Mia DiStefano uh, for In the Know 420 at 11 a.m., so definitely tune in for that. Thank you all for tuning in on the Facebook live stream, for on the radio, uh, on talkradio.nyc. We do this every Thursday at 12 noon, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.